Well, welcome to the pantless revolution. Thank you. So it's been interesting, everybody's response to this revolution. I guess uh, all revolutions have its pushback and its supporters. So those of you who've worn shorts today, welcome. We will prevail. For those of you who are still wearing pants, you're always welcome. So, so we've been going through this series, uh, The Endless Summer, and uh, as you know, uh, Monday started actually, it's actual summer, and today uh, is the first Sunday of summer, and hence my uh, rebellion against wearing pants during summer because it just doesn't seem right. And uh, so I'm excited about that. Danny Sue was nice enough to get a little umbrella here for my drink to uh, just kind of fill the whole thing out. So very cool. We have some beach balls and a a chair. And uh, today we're going to be talking about just what it means to rest. You know, we like to have this idea of summer and summer being restful, but for a lot of us, that's just not a reality. It's a lie that we tell ourselves to get us through uh, winter, right? It's like, oh, we'll be able to relax in the summer. And then we're like, oh, I can't wait till school starts and get, just get back to the normal. And we get into this routine. And uh, this video was actually uh, uh, just watching it one more time before I uh, came here this morning. And my wife, Shannon, uh, came in while it was going, she's all like, that is horrible. Like, that, that is stressful. And I'm like, well, that's, that's the point, you know. It, it, it's to confront us with a reality that a lot of us exist in that we, that we work and we sleep and we eat and we just repeat again and again and again. And we are in this kind of this... Uh, rat race, you know, we're like the little uh, hamsters in the, in the wheels, and we're, we're working ourselves to death, but we are not making any progress. And I believe that today as uh, we talk about just what it means to rest, uh, that this is one of the most con- uh, countercultural ideas that the Christian church actually has, that, that we are told by the culture that you know, you're only as good as your last project, or you're only as good as uh, your accomplishments, or your or your titles, or how much money that you've made, and all of these different things. And in the background, we have we have God quietly saying, you know, you can abide in me, you can rest in me. And just like last week when we were talking about being a healthy weight and just treating your body as a temple, uh, a lot of that talk. Uh, was uh, directed toward myself. Uh, you know, it's something that I've struggled with. And this week, really, as well, that in a lot of ways, I'm a workaholic, that I like to work, I like to be busy, I like to be doing things. And resting is a very difficult thing for me to do. So God was working on me as uh, I kind of went through his scripture this week. And uh, so, in a lot of ways, I'm speaking to myself, but you're all welcome to uh, watch me talk to myself, I guess, uh, for the next 30 minutes or so. And hopefully, uh, through God's Word and, and maybe some of my failures, we can support one another to doing this thing called life better and closer to the heart and mind of God. So the reality is rest is important. 
Like we say that, we all nod and everything, but the reality is that rest is extremely important for no matter what your age is, no uh, matter what your socioeconomic uh, status is, that your, bo- your mind, your body, your soul needs rest. Rest regulates your mood. Uh, it helps our memory function. That uh, if we don't get enough uh, rest, that it can negatively uh, impact our mood. You know, when you're tired, you're more likely to be snippy and grouchy and things like that. Uh, it also can affect your immune system, your memory, and uh, you know your cortisol levels, which regulate all your stress. And, and once your you know your stress gets out of whack, the rest of your life is out of whack. The interesting thing is you think about rest and you think about how busy the American culture is and how, how we really uh, don't, not only uh, don't adhere to rest, but, but it's almost a condemnation. We feel guilty when we do rest, when we take a break, and it puts us in this vicious cycle. And one thing is I believe will illuminate out of Scripture today that we'll, we'll see is this idea of, of restlessness or exhaustion is, uh, mirrors a lot of what the Bible talks about as hell being. Hell being isolation and hell being exhaustion. This antithesis of God's ideal for us to be in community and uh, to experience peace and experience rest. We actually know this. In fact, modern military practices know this, that isolation and uh, exhaustion are a form of torture and a form to break people down. My brother, when he was in the military and he was in special forces school uh, or uh, the program, uh, in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, to be 82nd Airborne, uh, he would tell me about survival school and 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 uh, resistance to uh, emotional and and mental warfare. And they would actually take them out of the in the woods and they would isolate them from everybody else. And he said they would set up speakers and play the same annoying song again and again and again, so it was so loud that they couldn't get any rest. And it was this to break them down, to break down their defenses. And, you know, the, the funny thing is, is so often we do this to ourselves. We isolate ourselves and we push ourselves to exhaustion. We don't need the U.S. military to do it to us. We don't need anybody to do it to us. We do it to ourselves. And this is, I think, the the lie that, that that culture kind of draws us into, making us think, you know what, I need to drive myself in, you know, into the grave. I need to keep working. And uh, Seth Godin, one of my favorite authors, calls this the lizard brain. You know, lizards have a very small brain, and they, and uh, if you ever watch a lizard, they're always looking over their shoulder and, and scared and, and, and running around and always thinking that somebody, something's trying to get them, which they are, uh, especially if the lizard's around, you know, a four-year-old or five-year-old little person or something, you know, they're chasing the lizard, right? That's the lizard brain. And the reality is a lot of us have a lizard brain when it comes to just uh, work 
or, or significance or things like this. We feel if, if we don't continually drive ourselves that somebody else is going to take our place, get that, get that little gold star that we want to get, that little shiny object. And this is the message that the culture gives us again and again and again. And what I like to do is when trying to determine what God's ideal is versus uh, what we're, we're taught in the culture or modeled in the culture is to go back to what I consider uh, when the world uh, was God's ideal, and that's found in Genesis uh, chapter 1 and chapter 2. And it's really interesting to me, uh, in Genesis chapter 2, in verse 2, uh, we're told that on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested for, from all his work. And arguably, God didn't need to rest, right? God's God. So something else is going on. That, that God is modeling something for us, some sort of ideal knowing, I believe, of, of you know, what the culture in America is going to be in the 21st century, this idea of setting apart a time for him and saying, you know what, you can work really hard if you want to for six days. You can just kill it. You can go out there and work really, really hard. But on the seventh day, you preserve this for, for having a right relationship with God and a right relationship with people. That we're, we have this picture in Genesis of this, this rest of, of the man and the woman who were later known as Adam and Eve walking through the garden with God in the cool afternoon breezes blowing and this, this idea of peace and relational connection and relational wholeness. And again, uh, rest is countercultural. Uh, one of my favorite programs to listen to is called Legends of Success. Has anybody ever listened to that podcast or radio? It's one of my favorite. And uh, John Resnick is the host. And what he does is he goes out and he interviews on a real personal level Fortune 500 uh, uh, CEOs. And he doesn't really talk to them too much about what they do, but really how they got there and what their philosophy uh, is in, in, in work and things like that. And Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, uh, was on there a couple times. And I always really appreciated Truett just talking about uh, him using uh, work as, as a way to uh, uh, make people's lives better and to be uh, uh, something that supported his faith versus taking away his faith. As you know, Chick-fil-A isn't open on Sundays. This is one of the reasons that this Sabbath principle of saying work really hard for six days, but this one day preserve it for God. It's one of the reasons uh, that Red Eye Coffee, the coffee uh, shop that our church owns, uh, is closed on Sundays. You know, it's not to uh, copy Chick-fil-A, uh, no offense to Truett Cathy, but uh, the Sabbath was, you know, uh, instituted by God back in Genesis, you know, so I'm glad he followed it, and, and, and it's a statement, it's, it's countercultural. You know, you could imagine, you know, it's like, well, you know, this company, you know, 
uh, Zaxby's is open on Sunday and they're going to get your business. And, you know, Starbucks is on Sunday and it's going to get your business. But ha- patterning our lives that, that, that differentiate ourselves from the culture and, and talking about that. Now, Legends of Success has all sorts of people and it was interesting. Uh, I heard a uh, another CEO, uh, a gentleman named George uh, uh, Clotaire, um, and he wrote a book called Profits Aren't Everything, They're the Only Thing. And it was interesting talking or, or listening to him and really his philosophy. And his philosophy was about as uh, 180 at, uh, from true at Kathy as you possibly could be. That, that uh, George Clotaire, he, uh, even though he had some good ideas and everything, just his idea on rest, his philosophy was you work every day. In fact, working on Christmas or holidays or things like that is, a, is an advantage because you could, other people are taking that day off and you can just get a little bit of an edge uh, on your competition if you work every single day. And it was really interesting just uh, seeing the two very different, stark, just kind of uh, ideas of approach to not only business, but of life and what matters. And I think that we've all seen people who, uh, and I don't know anything about George Clotaire except, you know, what I've I, I heard him, but uh, on him. But I think we've all seen people that are workaholics and they've lost their family. They've may have uh, uh, made a lot of money. They may have a lot of prestige, but they lost their family, or they lost, or their faith is very shallow, or or things like that. Versus someone like Truett Cathy, who who was extremely successful, but has a, had a great relationship still with his family and never compromised his, his Christian faith. And I think that one of the reasons that, that God wanted us to keep the Sabbath is because it is so countercultural. It's something that differentiates us immediately from the rest of culture. And, and there's several reasons uh, because of that. First, I just want to talk about uh, uh, Exodus chapter 20 and verses 8 through 11. Moses wrote this, said, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now that Hebrew word, if, if you remember uh, in Hebrew, there's two words for holy. There is uh, uh, kadosh and kadesh. Now kadosh is completely pure, holy, like God is kadosh. God is holy. And then there's Kadesh, which is set aside for God's purpose. Now we're talking about Kadesh here. So remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy or set aside for God's purpose. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Now, 
I don't know about you, but I don't have any livestock. I don't have any servants. You know, I don't have, uh, 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 I don't have any foreigners, you know, that, that I have any authority over. And I was thinking about this, and when I was writing my Going Deeper, uh, or the Going Deeper for our community uh, this week, in the getting out of the hole, I actually asked you to rewrite Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, uh, in your own words, and in your own 21st uh, context. And I uh, did the same thing. I'm going to share with you mine. Uh, so the previous was the New Living Translation. Uh, this is out of the Mick version. For those of you who don't know, my last name is McNeese, so Mick version of the Bible. Here we go. Exodus chapter 20, according to me. God's ideal for his creation is for us to schedule one day a week to be set aside for his purpose. You have six days to work as hard as you want, but the seventh day should be dedicated to rest, recovery, and relationships. This is not just for you, but for everyone you are responsible for and who are under your care, your family, your employees, and your faith community. Remember, God made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he modeled rest. A day of rest is a blessing and a gift. Accept it and set one day a week aside for the gospel of Jesus. And again, the gospel of Jesus is the good news that we do not have to live under the curse. We don't have to live under the curse of Genesis 3, which I'm going to read um, but we can have freedom in Christ, even freedom to actually experience the rest that God intended and created us to experience in him. In Isaiah chapter 48, uh, verse 22, Isaiah reminds us that there is no peace and there is no rest for the wicked, for those who have turned their backs on God. In Genesis 3, the curse that was given to humanity saying that, you know what, that God said the ground is cursed because of Adam and Eve's uh, disobedience. And then he says this, all your life will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will get it, eat its grains. By the sweat of your brow, Will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made? For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. And again, this idea that when we work ourselves in the ground, when we don't accept uh, and preserve the Sabbath, that we are existing in the curse that the world is under. That this idea that all we're good for is work. <laughs> All we're good for is what we can accomplish or the wealth that we can accumulate. And God's saying no. That that is the way, that is the culture's way, but countercultural thinking is that we have a different bottom line than just making profits. That our bottom, and wealth, that our bottom line is to make mature and mobilize fully devoted followers of Christ to, to, uh, our bottom line is to take care of God's creation, to build relationships, right relationships with one another, to have a right relationship with God. 
And the reality is that God offers rest to us if we want it and if we uh, accept it. The writer of Hebrews in chapter four and verse seven said this, so God set another time for entering his rest. That time is today. God announced this through David much later in the, wor- in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. And the reality is that many of us, myself included, have hardened my heart to God's blessing of rest because of my lizard brain, because maybe because of your lizard brain, that you think if you don't do, that it's not going to be taken care of. You think if you don't work, if you don't do this, that you're not going to achieve this or that. That, that uh, perhaps that you find your identity in your accomplishments. So you keep driving toward those things and you never rest. You harden your heart against God's blessing of rest. And rest is a blessing. John writes in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 13, says, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this down, write it down because it's important. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit, they are blessed indeed for they will rest from their hard work for their good deeds follow them. And I think in God's ideal that we have this this, uh, picture of of humanity and especially his followers working extremely hard for six days a week, really just going out and being the best employees, being the best students, to uh, working and working diligently and not cheating our employers, not cheating uh, our 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 uh, employees by sloughing off, but, but on that seventh day, just receiving that rest to experiencing that rest. I was riding yesterday with a bunch of friends. We go on a Saturday ride, and I was having a conversation with uh, one of the guys that I ride with, and, and he was talking about how his wife, for his birthday, uh, gave him a massage, I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. She gave you a massage. And he's like, he's like, no, she gave me a gift certificate to go get a massage. And I'm like, all right, that's still good. And, and everything, he's like, yeah, I felt really guilty about it. I'm like, really? I'm like, why? And, and he said, you know, I felt guilty about it because like I, all I could do is lie when I was laying there and knowing, you know, there's starving children and, 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 you know, this is going on and I should be doing this. And, and I got to talk to him a little bit more about just receiving blessings and, and the freedom that we have in Christ when we work really hard when we're meant to work, but accepting that gift of the blessing of when we get those, those moments. And really this idea that, that, that I hold on to is giving your first fruits of your time and your energy and your money in that, that when you get all the rest that God's made you a steward of that. And, and enjoying that blessing and, and that, that, that those mini Sabbaths, Sabbaths that you get. And uh, I could tell that he was getting a little tired of my sermonizing on the bike, so I shut up. 
and uh, and and let them ride. But uh, you know, it, but it, it's important to understand that when we're faithful with the things that God's entrusted to us, that rest can be a blessing, and we don't have to feel guilty when we are experiencing those blessings from God. Rest is also a statement of faith. That uh, the reality is that that when we keep the Sabbath, when True Kathy said Chick-fil-A is not going to be open on Sunday, it's much more than just saying we're going to be closed on Sunday. It's a statement of faith saying, you know what? I believe God is in control, that I believe that, that God says, if I work hard for six days, that I can trust him with the seventh day and I can focus my energies on having a right relationship with God, a right relationship with people, and a right relationship with his creation. In John chapter 5, verse 17, uh, Jesus was working on the Sabbath and the Pharisees hit him up on that and he says this, my father is always working and so am I. And this is where, you know, one time, you know, the bracelets, what would Jesus do? Doesn't... Uh, it uh, doesn't matter to us because Jesus is God and I don't want anybody to be uh, offended, but you are not and neither am I. And uh, you know what? It's a statement of faith when we keep the Sabbath saying, I know that God's still working. That, that you know what? I believe in the sovereignty of God, that, that if I am faithful and follow Christ, and, and uh, part of that is rest, and that I can trust God with my business, with my employees, with my uh, church, with my faith community, and, and all of these different, you know, with my organizations, and I can trust that God will take care of it. It is a statement of faith. And the reality is that the key to success is rest. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 8 through 11. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. Again, the people of God have always been terrible at this because all cultures, they, 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 they pull us, you know, throughout the ages to be busy, to produce. And Joshua and the Israelites were no different, that they wouldn't keep the Sabbath because they felt like they had to do. So, verse 9, there is a special rest, still waiting for the people of God. And listen to this in verse 10. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will, will fail. And the reality is that, uh, that God's truth is, is uh, or all truth is God's truth. And one thing is, like I like to say is the same uh, rules that apply to your relationship with one another is, uh, applies to God. God doesn't change his truth or his instruction based on different circumstances. That is very, very consistent. And a lot of times if you can find truth in one aspect of life, you can find truth in all aspects of life. 
One example of that is I'm a coach for a junior cycling team. Our church has, uh, uh, well, Red Eye Coffee, which our church owns, has a cycling team called Red Eye Velo, and we have about 20 kids, uh, some who go here, uh, who participate uh, in it. And one of the principles of, of athletics is this idea of, of working out and then recovering. And if you work out all the time, that eventually uh, you burn out, you break down. In fact, if you've ever worked out, which I'm sure, or have overdone it, you know uh, you get muscle soreness maybe the next day or the day after that, right? You've experienced that? It's called domes, all right? Just to let you know, it's called domes. It's delayed onset muscle soreness. There you go. That's what it's called, domes. And and what's happening is when you work out, when you're like gardening, like you're gardening crazy, you know, out there and you're, you know, your muscles are sore, you're out cycling or running or lifting weights and you're sore, what's actually happening in your body is you're tearing down your muscles. And if you keep doing that, if you keep lifting weights or you keep on running every single day or you keep riding your bike every single day or doing all these kind of things that your, your, your muscles never heal and get stronger and get bigger. And one of the most important aspects of training uh, for fitness is this idea of recovery after you do an intense workout. In fact, if you don't, then you lose the benefits of that workout. And again, this is a truth. This is scientifically proven. And what it scientifically proves is that God is right. <laughs> and, and what we've known since Genesis, that God's saying, yes, go hard, work hard, train hard, but also rest well, recover. You have to recover of your mind, your body, your spirit, and your emotions. Ultimately, we know that one of the most beautiful kind of centerpieces of the gospel is this idea of rest. Again, a couple of the main attributes of hell is isolation from God and others and exhaustion. And when we isolate ourselves from God and others, and when we drive ourselves into exhaustion, we are, we are trying to uh, reap what is the antithesis of the gospel. And Jesus came to give us rest and to give us community. In fact, the centerpiece of heaven is going to be that, is peace and rest and unbuffered presence of God and the unbuffered presence of your loved ones who are followers of Christ. To be able to experience them without sin, without brokenness in all their splendor. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, when all of this was kind of coming ahead and, and, and people were burned out. Jesus said this, said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I don't know how to put it any clearer than this. If you're living a life of exhaustion, 
And I'm speaking to myself. If you're working in isolation, if you're doing life in isolation and you're constantly exhausted, you're not experiencing God's ideal. And maybe perhaps today Jesus is beckoning you to recalibrate and make a statement of faith by saying, you know what? I'm gonna start by scheduling a Sabbath that I am going to preserve a time where I can focus on having a right relationship with God, a right relationship with people, to a right relationship with his creation, to run to Jesus's arms and, because we are wary and we carry heavy burdens and accept the blessing of peace and accept the blessing of rest. And I just want to close with this, uh, just six real practical reasons why rest is essential to a biblically healthy lifestyle. Why rest is so important for those of us who say that we are followers of Christ. Now, I'm going to try to stand up. I think my right leg is falling asleep. So if I fall over, I'm going to try though. Okay, so if I'm balancing on one leg, you know why. I'm going to do that. Okay, there we go. So here, here's six just real practical uh, reasons as I close. Number one, rest prevents injury to your mind, your body, and your soul. You can break your soul. I have broken my soul because I have not adhered to rest. That you need to rest. Your body needs rest. Your mind needs rest. We're not like the matrix where you can just put the little information cable in the back of your head and download information. That we have to take breaks. That we have to take relational kind of space and time that we need to connect with God on our spirit. We can't just be pushing all the time or you will break yourself. Number two, your, your mind, body, and spirit, they all need rest. And the nice thing is, is that we all find rest in different ways. You don't have to do it in a certain way. That, that for some of you, that's, that's going out and playing golf with, you know, your friends. That's great. You know, I would encourage you to not bring your cell phone. I know that's hard to believe, but to take those moments, maybe that's riding a bike, maybe that's, you know, going to uh, uh, knit or not at, at, at Red Eye Coffee with the ladies, um, if you're a lady, if it, uh, going to the men's group. I don't, I don't know what's restful for you, but, but something that, that, that rests your mind and your body. And then also number three, this is just the truth, you won't lose your gains, this is one thing, again, that athletes uh, struggle with. They, they fear if they're not pushing, somebody else is going to push and, and get some of those gains. And the reality is that rest makes you successful. Rest makes you better. Rest gives you perspective. Rest allows your heart, your mind, your body, your emotional self heal. And you need to schedule rest into your life. Number four, hyperactivity affects your sleep. I know this firsthand. 
Anybody have problems sleeping here? I do. I really do. I wake up all the time and my mind is racing. I used to try to keep a journal next to my bed and I'd wake up because I'd have all the great ideas at night, in the middle of the night, and then I'd wake up in the morning and like I, I had the cure for cancer at 2 a.m. and I couldn't remember it, right? So I decided I'm gonna write down all these great ideas and all these kind of things. That made it so much worse. Because once I like gave myself into it, it just, you know, I just kept on going and going and going. And I stopped that practice. I still don't sleep all that well, but I know this is part of my struggle in this is because, you know what? My lizard brain is going off and I'm like, I got to do this and I got to do that. And I got all these things that I have to do. And my mind is shouting at me and God's just whispering, saying, just come to me and rest. Make a statement of faith and rest. Number five, the reality is your mind, your body, and your soul and your spirit can overheat. You can go so hard that you blow yourself up and you lose all interest in everything. And the reality is life is not a sprint. It is a marathon. And we, myself included, many times try to run it as a sprint, and it hurts us. And especially those of us who are followers of Christ, that we need to set aside that lizard brain and get the mind of Christ and take an eternal view of what life looks like. And then finally, we need to rejuvenate. You know, from a physiological and a spiritual standpoint that that rest can rejuvenate us and rejuvenate our passions. A lot of times people say, I'm burned out. What that actually means is that they push too hard for too long and their body or their mind or their spirit is saying, no more. And for the, those of us who want to run the long race and race to win, that we have to make this statement of faith and say, you know what? God is God and I am not. And I'm going to trust that God is bigger than me and that I can be part of God's plan uh, and I won't miss anything. In fact, Not only will I not miss anything, but I will most likely more experience the rich and abundant life that Christ said that he called to bring me. You guys pray with me.